Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into a live edition of Believe in Steelers. Some post-game analysis following Steelers' 17-10 win against the Baltimore Ravens. Welcome in. I'm Mark Bergen, live in Pittsburgh. Apologize, I lost my voice a little bit after this afternoon's exciting game. I was at Acrisure Stadium, and what an absolutely incredible game and incredible atmosphere. Before we get too far in the weeds, today's episode brought to you by BetOnline.ag. They'll take care of all of your NFL needs this season. Head over to the bet, BetOnline.ag website today to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. The Steelers victorious, and they head into the bye week atop the AFC North division. <sighs> Where to start? It was certainly an exciting game, and I think the heroics, there's really four players that stand out to me. Uh, number one, George Pickens was an absolute matchup problem. There's a reason why you have to have a safety over the top, and his touchdown late for the go-ahead score for the Steelers was just remarkable. I think he's developing into a number one receiver, and you see – what he's going to be able to do once Deontay Johnson can get back on the field. And that's the hope, the glass half full perspective of this offense. Joey Porter Jr. as well with the interception uh, after Gunnar Oshesky's fumble. And I'll talk about both Gunnar and Matt Canada here in a bit. But you're backed up. You absolutely must get a stop and hold the Ravens to three to hold them to a field goal. Because if they score a touchdown to make it a two-score game, the game's over. And a rookie player targeted by a very established veteran in Odell Beckham Jr., one-on-one, man-on-man, who's going to win. And Joey Porter Jr. pulls down the interception. The place went crazy, and the Steelers get it done. Um, I lied. I said four players. I'm going to add a fifth. Um, Let me go through here. The punt block by Miles Killebrew absolutely electrified the stadium. I thought that was the loudest Akersher was. This afternoon, uh, the Steelers hadn't done anything offensively as a 10-3 to game at that point. Killebrew, with a great effort, breaks through, gets the crowd absolutely hyped. And I thought it was a great effort uh, by the Steelers. In number 87, Rodney Williams did his best to try to recover that punt, which would have then, instead of a safety, been a touchdown. But I thought that was a huge play as well. I thought uh, Gunnar Oshesky's following return was actually pretty good and this set up the Steelers for a good field position and a drive that stalls on a field goal. But uh, again, I'll get to Gunner in a bit. TJ Watt. I mean, we're a broken record saying we think he's the best defensive player in football, but two sacks today, the fumble recovery caused by Alex Highsmith off the edge late in the game to put it away for the Steelers was absolutely remarkable too. So Watt and Highsmith off the edge. I mean, honestly, despite the Steelers offensive struggles, uh, TJ Watts worth the price of admission alone. And how many defensive players can you truly say that about? I thought he was absolutely spectacular. I noticed today that he was lined up very, very wide. So 
a seven technique is technically outside of a tight end. And he was in like a nine technique, you know, you go a gap, B gap, C gap, D gap on out uh, a gap between guard and center and so forth. He was in like the E gap today. And I think a lot of that was to create rushing lanes to contain Lamar Jackson and his scrambling ability. I'm going to say this about Lamar as well. Uh, he was not the reason the Ravens lost today. There were a lot of dropped passes by receivers. Uh, the Ravens, on the drive, they settled for a field goal. Mark Andrews dropped the ball. Uh, Nelson Aguilar dropped passes. Rashad Bateman dropped passes. Lamar was not the reason the Ravens lost today. Let me also say this, too. In the first half, the Ravens' final offensive drive for the first half where the Steelers held on fourth down. I cannot believe that the Ravens didn't kick a field goal to go up 10 points and make it a two-score game. I thought it was a dumb decision by Jim Harbaugh, the head coach that falls on him. I thought that I, I we couldn't believe it in the stadium. And the Steelers' defense gets a stop and keeps it a seven-point uh, seven game, a one-score game. And the defense in the second half shutting out the Ravens. The Ravens didn't score in the second half in this one. I thought that was absolutely remarkable. Um, this is the portion of the program where Matt Canada, we heard it twice at the stadium today, a loud chance of fire Canada, fire Canada in the third quarter after the team got the ball to start the second half. And then again in the fourth quarter, it's rough, it's predictable, and you're not doing Kenny Pickett in this offense any favors. If you're going to make a decision to make a change, I think now would be the time to do it because you have the bye week. Clearly, you need to be able to see that this isn't working. And yes, while you're atop of the AFC North, what does that actually mean in terms of the big picture for what this team could accomplish? You can blame injuries and say, well, Cam Hayward wasn't playing and Deontay Johnson wasn't playing. This offense is not going to be good enough to contend in the AFC late in the season. I don't really care about the division because I think the AFC North right now is just a mess. And despite all of the problems, you sit atop the division. You know, it's the old Mike Tomlin quote, you don't apologize for winning. But the Steelers' final offensive drive when they had the strip sack of Watt and uh, it was caused by Highsmith. Watt picked it up and almost ran it in for a touchdown, and they're able to wrestle him down. Steelers need the ball twice. The Ravens use their final two timeouts, and then they have it in illegal formation, running the ball to try to run out the clock. That is absolutely, whether you want to put that back on Tomlin or Canada, inexcusable for the Ravens to get the ball back. Yes, they had to go the full length of the field, no timeouts with about 50 seconds left. But for the Ravens to even get the ball back in that situation is unforgivable and, in my opinion, fireable. The Ravens should not have gotten the ball back with less than a minute left after the strip sack fumble. If you appropriately manage the clock and you run a play and you run the clock down and maybe the Ravens get the ball back with maybe 10 or 15 seconds left. But to run a play out of a formation, which it actually looked good on the field where Pickett shuffled, shuffled, and then took a knee. And everyone thought the game was over. The refs call a flag. And the Steelers get called for an illegal formation that late in the game. How is that not coached? How is that not practiced? The Ravens should have never gotten the ball back. And that's just, it's point blank period inexcusable right there. 
Thankfully, it doesn't cost the Steelers, but the Ravens get the ball back down seven with the league MVP. And if he had a receiver who could catch the ball, this game wouldn't have been close this afternoon. So you look at the struggles of the offense. You know, I I didn't think after the Texans game, it could get much worse. It was bad today. It was bad again today. And somehow the Steelers still find a way to rally and win the game. We got to talk about Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. I thought both ran hard today. I thought a lot of the play calling was very predictable. The Steelers couldn't really run to the right side. So behind Herbig and Chooks of Coral Four on the right side, they struggled with that today. But Jalen Warren, I think there's some reason and some rationale where he's going to need to get more and more playing time. When he hurdled a Ravens defender, just point blank period, refused to go down some sweet moves. Not only did it electrify the crowd, his teammates in the sidelines, he just was a better runner in the open field than Najee. And I don't think it's any secret that outside of the tackles, he's more talented than Najee Harris is. It's not to say Najee didn't have a good game because I thought he ran hard again. But Jalen Warren was special today. He was absolutely special today. And if not for his efforts, like I cannot believe that after the punt block and they get the ball back that they didn't score on the ensuing drive and they got down to like the five yard line and they ran Warren again on a first and goal from about the five. Why not try a play action there? Target Connor Hayward, go to Darnell Washington, run a play action in that scenario. I didn't really understand the rationale to just continue to run Warren. And again, it goes back to that predictable uninspired play calling. So that to me was a big point in the game. The Steelers settled for three. And you know what? Credit Mike Tomlin there for saying, hey, we'll take the three points to then say it's a two-point game. Because if Harbaugh had done that earlier in the game for the Ravens, if you made this a two-score game, do you really think that the Steelers offense is capable enough and trying to mount a comeback? Because I don't. Because I don't. So I'm very happy for the win today, but despite all these things, these same problems keep reoccurring. And then Gunnar Oshesky, I understand he's trying to make a play. You're trying to get better field position, and he did have a good punt return after the safety in the punt block. But you cannot fumble the football there. When points are a premium, it's a two-point game, and you give the ball back to the Ravens, in the red zone and you've got to defend your own turf and credit Joey Porter jr. For causing the interception and the turnover. If the Ravens score a touchdown there, the game is over. The game is over. You cannot fumble there. Even a fair catch is better, better than fumbling there. And the fans I was around in the stands today were grumbling when Gunner was out there at the punt return. I'm not sure if Calvin Austin got hurt, but if it's me, Gunnar Oshesky has gotten every opportunity to prove himself in a Steelers uniform. You cannot fumble there. And it's, uh, it's of my opinion, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be in a Steelers uniform on Monday. If he consistently fumbles the opportunities that he has as a return man, put someone else back there that is capable at securing the football. And that's been a repeated problem with Gunnar Oshesky as a return man for the Steelers. It's just the reality of what's going on there. So if if I were in charge, I'd say Canada, at the very least, you're relieved of your play calling duties. And then Gunnar Oshesky, go to the practice squad, or I would say, hey, thanks for your services. Because you like the fact that the Steelers rallied to win today is absolutely remarkable. 
it's crazy. And I'll be honest with you, I thought the Ravens should have won today. Certainly an exciting game for the Steelers. And again, you credit the efforts of players like Warren, like TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Killebrew, George Pickens. You credit those players, but it, it just wasn't good enough. Let me know what you thought about Broderick Jones. He got his first start at left tackle. He seemed to be able to hold down Kenny Pickett's blind side for the most part. I thought there was a sack that Kenny Pickett took uh, off a blitz package that he's blindsided on. He just didn't see the blitz, and you can only block however many people that are rushing the quarterback. Uh, but I thought he did pretty well in his first start. And I'll say this too. Joey Porter Jr., take the training wheels off. If he's able to hold up in one-on-one -on -one scenario with Odell Beckham Jr., and I know it's not the same OBJ as when he was young and with the Giants and coming onto the scene. It's only going to grow his confidence as a young player. I'm ready to say take the training wheels off, and hey, he's a starting cornerback for this team. A big-time play and the type of play that I think would make his dad proud. That, to me, is the ultimate compliment of what the magnitude of, of what the game was at that point. So certainly exciting there. Uh, a great day at the stadium. I want to thank my co-host, Ike Taylor, uh, his business partner, Howard G. Howard G. Cigars. Check them out as well. I uh, had a great time tailgating at the Terrible Tailgate, uh, Lot 5A. We had a wonderful time before the game, so it was great catching up with Ike. Um, great to see so many people out there today, too. It was a beautiful day in Pick Pittsburgh at Acrisure Stadium. Uh, just a remarkable, remarkable time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people checking in, too. I'll get to a few of the viewer comments. Yancey saying, whole different score if the birds can catch. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. Chad checking in saying, Joy Porter Jr. Jackson saving Canada's job. That very well may be true. And had the Steelers lost today, what could you point to to say Canada should keep his job? Because, yes, the Steelers win today. It wasn't because of Matt Canada, and I would argue that it was in spite of Matt Canada. The mismanagement of the clock at the very end of the football game was ridiculous. It was ridiculous, and I'm that's just where I'm at right now. Um, Steeler Chick saying that uh, Calvin Austin III was hurt, so that must have been the reason why Gunner was in as a punt returner uh, at that point in the game. Uh, a lot of people showing Joey Porter Jr. some love. Um, so that's good to see as well. Uh, if I'm missing anything, please leave it in the comments. I'll do my best to react. Uh, even if you're watching this after the fact, Ike and I will be back this upcoming week to give you full breakdown of this game here on believe in Steelers and Steelers rallying to beat the Ravens here in week five. And, uh, so we'll be back this upcoming week, but, uh, thank you for watching. This has been the post-game show. And I uh, hope all of you have terrific rest of your weekends as well. And enjoy the rest of the week five action. We'll be back this upcoming week here on Believe in Steelers. So uh, terrific game, very exciting game, but a lot to build on here in the coming weeks. We'll see what happens with the Steelers heading into the bye week. And then you've got, uh, I believe, the Rams in week seven on the road in Los Angeles. So, uh, again, this is the Believe in Steelers show. My name is Mark Bergen. Thanks so much for watching. Enjoy the rest of your weekends. Take care. So long, everybody.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.